This is the Shed End View podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 6 of the Shed End View podcast. My name is Gareth McCullough. And I'm Ali McKenzie. Uh, just before we start, we'll give you a rundown again of all our contact details for our social medias. On Twitter, we're at Shed End Podcast, capital S, capital E, capital P. Or Facebook's Shed End View Podcast, or if you want to contact us by email, it's shedendview at hotmail.com. This week's special guest is none other than the Dundalk Cafu himself, Mr. Kevin McArdle, fresh off his goal against Dergview on Tuesday night. So there'll be more from him later on. Brilliant. So Gareth, it was uh, two games to talk about this week. The rare occasion that we actually managed to play some games without getting called off. Um, I suppose it was a weekend of two halves for us. The sheer heartbreak on Saturday of accepting that probably promotion is now out of touch for us. Um, and then Tuesday night having a big win and kind of forgetting all about Saturday and enjoying the fact that we're winning football matches again. Um, where do you kind of sit with Saturday? I suppose Lockall have just been our bogey team this season and approved again on Saturday. Yeah, probably Lockall and the Welders have been our, our sort of arch nemesis uh, this season um, I suppose this is actually oddly you know this is the first time we've had a podcast where we've been talking about a defeat I suppose the Dungannon game and the Irish Cup was a defeat but it wasn't after 90 minutes and it didn't sort of feel like a defeat so um, we're probably in a slightly odd situation Saturday was I suppose I may as well just say it, it was beyond disappointing um, it was a massive game that we talked about in the run up to it and you know Darren had talked about it the players had talked about it it was must win there was no two ways about it. Um, not only did we not win, we were soundly beaten, beaten by a better team, beaten by the team that were more organised on the day, that were more disciplined, that took their chances. Um, you know, we had the, we had Dickie Carville sent off, um, which you know did turn the, turn the game. I suppose um, Luck all scored two of their goals after that. I think the key for me though was, given how the game went, was Mark Hughes going off injured in the first minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Hughes's ability to keep a hold of the ball and just maybe settle things down, put his foot in the ball whenever you need it most. Um, you know, maybe when you're under the cautious wee bit, under a wee bit of pressure, um, that was instantly taken away. Now, John McGovern came on and was was super for us, uh, but he's a different type of player. He's more attacking, he's more advanced. Hughes sort of you know was that player maybe 10, 12 years ago. He's now sort of dropping back and put his foot in the ball. And I just think it it upset our rhythm from from the word go. And you know. Look, all are a good team. Let's make let's make no bones about it. Um, but it wasn't the case. So Darren used the term after the game that look, all are functional, and I think it was a, probably a very apt uh, description of them. Nothing flashy. They work as a team. There's some decent, very very decent players mixed in with it. Peter Campbell who scored the first goal. He's very highly rated. Um, but they just worked hard for each other, and they, their desire to to win that game on Saturday was was a lot more than ours, and. They just took our chances. It was just a, it's such an off day. They had a good day. We had an off day at the at the precisely the wrong time. Yeah, as you said, it was something we had built up for a while. I think um, you know, there's no complaints about the game whatsoever. I just thought Lockall were a lot better than us all over the park. Mm. Um, maybe the second or third goal from viewing it up here in the viewing lounge was were a wee bit soft. Possibly the second one in particular. Um, but again, I just thought Lockall have beaten us three times this season. We beat them in the cup, but three league defeats. They've got over us, and it's just a, a case of the better team winning. If you look at their points, I think it was nine points ahead of us going mm-hmm. into last week. Like two of those defeats were against us, mm-hmm. um, and there's the difference in your season, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, touching just to go back to what you said about the second and third goals. And I was standing down, sort of, but by the halfway line, and they were they epitomised what had been our Achilles heel this season. Um, balls under the box haven't been defended, whether they've been corners, whether they've been long throws, or just random crosses. Uh, 
they were very similar type goals. Um, the, both players were allowed the time to take a touch in the box and knock a pass Andy from, you know, so was no further out in the penalty spot either. Um, that's that's disappointing. Uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna look. We are gonna look back in this season as a. Uh, ifs and buts and if we had done this and but we might have done that and we could have been it could have been such a different season because we've shown without doubt we have the capabilities to be right up there where the likes of Lock All and Portadown Ballon Mallard are but you know consistency has been the key word it just hasn't been there this season you know we asked Aaron out right after the game is that promotion gone and I mean before I had even finished the question to him he was unequivocal and going yeah that's it it's off the table uh, so the thing he did say was you know it's his role now to see who is going to be staying here next season who he's looking at wants to bring in and you know most sort of key I suppose for probably a lot of the supporters was bringing through some of the under 18s and under 20s that have been you know doing reasonably well this season um he did sort of focus more on the under 18s because they've been really really good yeah. um you know the 20s are sort of that bridge in between the, the the two and maybe players that are coming back from injuries from the first team so um you know moving on the tuesday night obviously one of them uh Keelan connell was able to come on the last couple of minutes now i don't think he touched the ball but in the circumstances, he was standing on the sideline for a good couple of minutes, waiting to come on. We were tuning up and cruising yeah. uh, against Oweta Dergview. Uh, they scored, and to be fair, it would have been very easy for a manager just to say, "Right, Keelan, you're just you're 17. You haven't kicked the ball in the first team. I'm not gonna not gonna bring you on." Yeah. He brought him on. Keelan char- charged about. We didn't see a lot of the ball, so but it's great for him. And it's great for another young local lad to make his debut. I agree completely. the The big thing I think was we touched on it either two or three weeks on the podcast, but I think I said to you that what you don't want to do is to regret the silly loss at the start of the season, mm-hmm. um, and also not give yourself too much to do at the end of the year. And I suppose us expecting to go fourteen or fifteen games unbeaten just to be up around that promotion playoff place, you know, it's probably asking too much. Um, but looking back on that run now, those nine games. Um, nothing but respect for the for the team for kind of mm-hmm. changing their season around and showing that they, they do have those capabilities because at that point, you know, I think post-Christmas it would have been very easy just to say, you know what, the season's done, let's just trudge through here and then maybe do something in post-season, you know. So um, we definitely asked too much of ourselves, but at the same time there's definitely enough to look back on and be proud of. I think it's probably, you know, when you say, you know, it's probably too much to ask to go on like a 14-15 game unbeaten run, but... Probably the reason why it's even in the in the thinking or even the talking, you know, between us and between the supporters and the players and the management and the coaches, is because we've done it before. Yeah. Um. And you sort of you nearly expect, oh, we'll just go on this run again, you know. And it's not, uh, you know, with the league two seasons ago, this league wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. But this year, this season just feels like it was more difficult, and that's not necessarily because we haven't played as well as we did two two seasons ago. It's because I think the standard has risen yeah. in this league. Um, so it's not as easy, and you say easy in, in inverted commas, uh, to, to, to get your way out of. Um, you like to think that coming into next season, I know there's still a lot of this season to go, but going into next season in this league again, that we will have learnt from our mistakes. Essentially, like whenever we cruise Middlestrand Intermediate B in our first season back, Everybody thought we recruited Cruise Middle Strength Media Day. We didn't, yep. and we learned from our mistakes very quickly, and then you know did very very well the next season. So, it's a case of probably doing that for next season. Um, the big thing, sort of moving on to the second game um, that we're we're looking at this week, uh, the Derby away on Tuesday night. What I was most impressed about was the level of support that was there. That would have been very easy to dwindle and go. Well, our season's over. We're going to Castle Derg on a Tuesday night. Yeah, it's flipping cold. 
it's you know not the best of weather it's windy it's a two-hour drive um they got to a two-hour drive you know very very easy for 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 people just to go you know what i can't be bothered with this um there's a great support there they were rewarded with a good performance 2-1 wasn't a reflection on the display again like a lot of games this season we should have seen it out a lot by a lot more handsome of a margin um but you know given uh the circumstances just leading into the game and i'm not i'm talking about off-field stuff here um <clears throat> i'm sure just to put that in context i drove uh, after i left work drove on my own yep. now my, thankfully ali you came back and gave me a bit of company and we talked loads of nonsense the whole way home but um <clears throat> I'll, I'll preface this by saying about i was about 20 minutes from 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 castle from castle itself and I got a phone call from a, a, a rather worried sighting, Ali McKenzie, um, and saying, where are you? And Ali, if you just want to take up the rest of the story from there on, you were on the supporters bus. Yeah, I suppose so. We were um, probably about five miles from Castle Dark at the time and felt a bit of a, a bump in the bus. And we're like, well, what's this here? So It wasn't just Kevy Rully chucking out a bottle of WKD. <laughs> no, no. Again, we don't advocate drinking on buses. We don't. But, um, <laughs> no, we were coming down the road, felt a bit of a bump, and it almost felt like we hit the curb or something, you know? And then next thing, the bus just kind of bounced and bounced, and I was like, oh, God, what's happening here? Um, so what we didn't realise was at the time, because the, the, the whole kind of adrenaline and the speed of the whole thing was that the, the wheel had come off the bus. So just on that, a huge thank you to Marty McParland, the bus driver at the time, because I don't know how he managed to keep the bus straight, first of all, and mm. also get it stopped and pulled into the side of the road. It was incredible. It could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, it was one of those things where the bus bounced, um, I smashed my head off the roof, <laughs> and then came back down and was like, what just happened there? And then we realised what had happened. We kind of got off. Once we realised that everybody was okay, the first instance was, right, how do we get to the match here? <laughs> like, that was literally all yeah, anybody priorities. was Decky McParland's on. Right, ring Dorothy there. Tell Dorothy, hold the game back five minutes and we'll get there. <laughs> we were trying to, like, some people were Googling taxi numbers outside <laughs> Castle Derg to try to get that sorted. What happened was Slane sent the um, the coaches, uh, the players' coach back. Yeah. And it picked us up, took us to the match. We made it with about two or three minutes to kick off and got into the ground and then they managed to get a replacement bus. The whole thing was organised so quickly and brilliantly. Um, it was just one of those kind of upsetting moments before the match. But thankfully, everyone was okay. Um, I got a bit of sense probably knocked into me uh, <laughs> through the bus. Well, we'll let, we'll let, we'll let the listeners be the judge of that. <laughs> um, but just, just on, as you touched on the fans there, I generally think we have the best fans about, you know, mm-hmm. as it's, it's been said before, we have a small but we have a loyal fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, on a Tuesday night to go up the Derg View, um, with I think thirty people maybe on that bus there, mm-hmm. very easy to find an excuse not to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know we we could have been deflated after Saturday. The thing is, you're there to support the team. Yeah. And whether or not, as nice as it is to be in promotional playoffs and to be in the Premiership, going to big clubs, you know th- you're watching your own team win, mm-hmm. and to travel up there and to see a few goals and have a bit of crack. Mm. Um, you know, come out, come out from something safely like that. There, yeah. It re- you realize how much that you actually love football and what you're there for. You know, so I'm not getting deep or meaningful, but uh, <laughs> you know, it was it, it made it a real enjoyable trip. Well, it was nice, even like on social media afterwards, and even speaking to some of the players and some of the people connected with the actual team. You know, saying how how amazed they were and how delighted they were that you know there was a crowd come up there and they made a bit of noise and you know on a Tuesday night and after all that happened considering they lost a wheel in the bus um, yeah. you know and you know even with about 10 minutes to go just before Stefan Lavery come on um, and the good thing this is the best thing about Irish League football for me and I'm sure for a lot of Irish League fans of all clubs 
you're so close to the players, and particularly in the championship. Obviously, you know, you're we were right behind the dugout and standing chatting away to you know Damien McCarry, you know, checking the time in the second half. Stefan Lavery was sort of you know waiting to not waiting to come on. Actually, at this point, he was still you know in his tracksuit. And uh, Kevy shouted, started singing there. So my mate the other day said to me, "You've seen the white pillow." And it, I was going, "I wonder who's going to who's going to reference any reference." Stefan, Stefan just turned out and laughed and gave him a wave and told the boys to sing louder. So you know, it, it, th- things like that, you know, is is are, are the reason why you know silly things like that you always remember that is the reason why you support a club like this because you have an association with the players. Stefan isn't from anywhere near Newry, but he's he's really well liked down here. Um, you know, we all love him and. He really, I think, appreciated the boys singing about him, you know, because maybe he doesn't get the plaudits he deserves sometimes. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, it, it it was good. I was glad I drove up. Um, I mean, I'm sure you probably weren't glad I drove up because they had to listen to me talking rubbish the whole way home. Which the, the journey went for went what was an hour, hour and forty minute journey probably felt like ten minutes. The amount of rubbish I was talking the way back, but in that perspective. You sort of forget about Saturday um, yeah. after Tuesday night. You know, in the okay in the grand context of things. We're not going to get promoted unless there's an absolute miracle at, yeah. at this point, and let's be realistic, it's not going to happen. Um, but it's good the way you know we had a game so quickly after Saturday, and it just sort of banished all those memories of, of what a bad day a Saturday was. You Hughesy getting injured, you Decky getting sent off, you had uh, you know obviously a defeat and knocking you out of the promotion race. Even a win, just a win at Derby, a team that beat us here yeah. um, earlier in the season. That it you know it was just important, and it was nice, and it makes the drive home a lot easier, and it makes. A lot more. Um, what's the term? Makes it a lot more appealing to maybe go back there next Wednesday for for the second match because you're going. We've won there. We can win there again. You know, yeah. we can beat that team easily again. You know, and that's what, why you go to football. It's for those wee moments, like you know, the stories that you come away with afterwards, particularly those long away trips, but also those wee moments of being up there and uh, the back, the the goal, the the mistake that led to the second goal was the back pass to the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. um, which just cracked us all up completely. Like you know, it was kind of like a shift in spurs that were really needed. It was completely wild. It was almost so obvious. I thought the referee's not going to give this because yeah. you see back passes all the time, and you're like, oh, the ref lets it go almost. But it was wild, and it just kind of picked everybody's spirits up. I've never laughed as hard, you know. And, yeah. and then every time the keeper went for the ball, it was <laughs> pick it up, pick it up, yeah. you know. But those wee moments of what you remember. Yeah. And I came away on Tuesday. Spirits so much higher than it had been. The pressure's completely off now, so we're going to play a bit of football at the end of the season. As you said, we'll probably take stock then, see who's going to be here for next season, and go again. You know, Portadown have been in this league for four years now. It's done them no harm. Mm-hmm. Um, they've built a really strong club again. They've built a strong fan base, and they're going back up stronger than they came down. And maybe we just need something like that, you know, a season or two down here to build that support. Winning football attracts fans. doesn't matter what league you're in. Um, and if we start winning consistently next season, hopefully we can get a big local crowd down following the club. So we'd like to welcome this week's special guest, the Dundalk Cafu himself, Kevin McCarroll. Kevin, Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, lads. No problem. Uh, I suppose, first things first, we're, we're sitting here on a Thursday night, two days after the Dergview game, here's out of training. Um, how have you been reliving your goal from the other night? This has been, you know, been telling lads how great you are, and you're on free kicks from now on. I've been showing everyone and done the video. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, if anybody hasn't seen the video, now you can watch it in your East of the AFC TV. And we were discussing this before we started recording. Um, it was for, for people that haven't seen it, just to put it in a bit of context. It was an indirect free kick. Keeper picks up a back pass, um, and Foley. Sort of rolls his foot over the ball to yourself. Now, if we, if we, if you're able to pause it at that point, 
there's such a huge gap into the bottom right hand corner but it still has to be found you're what about 12 yards out and you, you find it all right i i made it look easy i thought <laughs> he says he says modestly Kevin, i didn't think i thought you were one, one of the more modest ones out of, out of the squad no usually usually what happens is when you when you set up a free kick there is a there's always a big gap but by the time you're set up and the ref blows the whistle that gap's gone but i couldn't believe the keeper just basically stood behind the wall and the gap was there and i said to foley rule it out further but there was actually a player to the right yeah. so if you watch the video i had to adjust my position just before and uh I just hit for the corner and he got it. I think he got a touch in it, but yeah. couldn't leave. He I think the poor open. keeper was still in shock after picking yeah, up all picking up, it up yeah. getting the, the yeah. mouthful of abuse that he did get afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and, then, and then he proceeded to get for the next like twenty five minutes every time <laughs> the ball came back. I'm yeah. picking up, picking up. I think he hoofed it away as well when the keeper or Yeah, I mean, I suppose in those those situations, I mean, you're, you've scored a fair few goals in your in your time at Newry, um, considering a lot of time you've been playing right back, and you're also you were playing pretty further up the pitch there on, on Tuesday night, um, but. But in terms of uh, you know indirect free kicks inside the box, it's it's not often you know there, there's so many different ways of doing it. You know we, teams will have like eleven boys back in the line and charging out, and you're trying to blast it through it. It's not often you get that sort of where you have to pinpoint it through into to a certain spot. I mean, is it something? I suppose it's not a silly question, maybe, but it's not something you probably practice and training ever. No, like is it? Definitely not. No, but usually, as, as you said there, usually they just put eleven men on line, and it's actually hard to break that down. Yeah. you could probably hit it low or something, but. There was one a few years ago, I think it was at one of the World Cups. Do you ever remember Lampard, England on it? And mm -hmm. they knocked it to a fella and everyone thought he was going to shoot. And he just knocked it back to somebody else. Yeah, and it was a tap-in. Yeah. Yeah, but usually they just put 11 on the line and it's actually hard to break. And so that was the first thing. I couldn't believe, what did in the ball, five or six? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the keeper stands behind him. So yeah, it was just a, a case of having to place it in that corner. And in terms of, of the, you know, the, the time, time of the goal in that game, I mean, we probably were nil nil at half-time should have been definitely should have been in front at, at least you know in, in some way shape or form obviously mark gets a good goal um early in the second half you know it was it, as, as it turned out you know your, your your goal was the winner um do you think we probably should have gone on and won that more the 2-1 scoreline probably wasn't reflective of our dominance in Tuesday no, night really, I, don't, was it? I don't think so if you remember in the first half there was maybe three good crosses into the yeah. box um and if you i I think if you score one of them, you might get another. And you're in halftime, two nil up rather than nil all. You know, yeah. anything can happen at nil all. Um, and then when we do get the second goal, I thought we were comfortable. And it's it's unlike us. We've I thought we think we've been solid enough at the back, especially with with boiler and engine there, um, to concede that late. It's unlike us a little bit. Um, disappointing in that way not to keep a clean sheet. Mm. But yeah, if you look at if you score one of them in the first half, I think it's a totally different game. Yeah. You know? And uh, how did the mood change, you know, from compared to Saturday where it was probably very much um, everybody was down in the dumps a little bit, you know, uh, to really pick up, pick yourselves up on Tuesday night and go out and put in that kind of performance? It must have, what was said or uh, what to, changed? To be honest, there wasn't too much. It's, it's, a funny, uh, it's a funny how three points can change the mood of a dressing room. Mm. You know, Saturday was a, was terrible. We all know it was terrible. Even, like, the, the players on the pitch, I didn't get on, but the mood in the dressing room on Saturday was just, we were all so disappointed. So were you absolved from all blame from Ex Saturday's performance because you didn't come on? I didn't want to say it like that, but <laughs> now that you've said it. <laughs> no, it, the, the mood on Saturday, as you can imagine, was just, we were all so disappointed that we didn't even perform. Darren said if you're a game, if you go out and perform, you give what you have to, what you can give, mm -hmm. no problem, you're beating, nobody has yeah. any problems, but we didn't turn up Saturday. Um, Tuesday night, it was, it was good to get three points and it changes the mood, but there's still eight games left, you know, so we have to go at them eight games and see where it takes us. But yeah, definitely, uh, it, it, 
a better feeling dress room after but there wasn't there wasn't too much said we need to back it up this Saturday we need to back it up for the next eight games yeah from your from your perspective you know, from a personal point of view obviously you come in when you signed for the club in 2016 um, you come in as a centre midfielder um, and we're super first there and then gradually probably as the season's been on you, you, you end up getting uh, probably initially probably stuck it right back and then you, re- you really made, you made, you made it your own um, then you've gone back a couple of, probably more recently you've probably played far, further up the pitch what's uh, what's your personal preference don't worry Darren Darren, Darren we, we don't try to influence Darren's team selections <laughs> but, so, so, so get, it, get it all out Kevin it's, it's, it's actually a tough question to answer it's probably wherever I'm playing well <laughs> because what what happened was I came in and if I remember right Darren said where do you play I said right back or right wing and I ended up in centre mid because okay. I think I just played there in one of the games and mm-hmm. done well and uh, I think Chris McMahon was right back then mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, the following season we were going to Premier Intermediate and uh, we were playing a friendly I can't remember who it was against pre-season and we had no right back and I said Darren I'd play right back no problem mm-hmm. and he said yeah yeah cover there tonight I just had a really really good game did you score in that game as well Darren? it was, in this it was down here, here. But I can't yeah. remember who what was it I can't remember the match but I remember you scoring into yeah, this crew, 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 crew United I think it was in was the, it crew yeah, it was in a friendly, in the friendly yeah. Yeah. And, um, was it Lash Marine it was. I can't remember. Yeah, Crew United. Because I think that was in the, the in our award-winning documentary. Here we are. The the, the story of one football club's resurrection. Just a selfish plug again. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, from from the perspective, I remember uh, in in that season, or was it the, maybe the next season? Actually, the championship when we played Lurgan Celtic in the first first game away and got beaten. That was championship, yeah. Yeah, and you were playing right wing, um, and because you played, because you sort of made a right back your own by that, by that point. I remember thinking to myself, going, you actually suit coming on to the ball and having the game ahead of you because you know, you're know you picking up the ball and maybe in a, in a deeper position, you're seeing what's in front of you, you can take people on, you can thread a pass through, whereas if you're playing up sort of up wide, you're expected to automatically beat, the, beat, beat, beat that man straight away when like, there's more of your game than that. I mean, would that, is that something you'd, you'd probably feel more comfortable playing right back than right wing, if you know what I mean? Um, no. A few, no <laughs> it, a few people have said that you're probably better coming on to the ball, mm. but you have to understand I was coming off a season of Premier Intermediate where just everything went right for me mm-hmm. yeah. um, I don't uh, people ask where you're more comfortable you've asked that me that already it's where you're playing well I don't mind coming on to the ball from the wing either you, the thing with right back is you get a lo- lot more space yeah. you're not uh, marked as such yeah, whereas yeah. right wing you get the ball you're closed down straight away if it's not the winger it's the full back yeah. mm-hmm. right back you have a bit of room you can run at people uh, you can delay your run so you don't you don't have to make a run every time you can pick and choose your right wing you're not running. Yeah. People are on your back straight away. So if any opposition players are listening to this, are just basically saying, close, close Kevin, close <laughs> Kevin McCarthy straight away. You'll have, no, you'll, you'll have me in his back pocket. Is this just not for Newry players only? This is worldwide. Well, well, worldwide. Keep your friends close, your enemies close. <laughs> now, uh, Kevin, I remember at the end of your first full season here, um, the end of season dinner awards, and you went back to Dundalk that night, I think, with a van full of, of trophies as well. That's a, you, that's a bit of a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we have had a few people on this podcast, and we've probably used fan favourite to death, but um, you would be a fan favourite. And that season, you really proved it. I think you came away with player of the season, players player of the year, fans player of the year. Travel you know, club player of the year, I think, as well. Th- yeah, travel club player of the year. You know, to start your career off at a club like that there, it must have been amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely. It was brilliant. Um, and the funny thing that night was... I knew I, I had a, if you look, actually look back that season, but the first half of the season I had two red cards and I, I think I had a groin injury where I missed about two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. So the first half of the season w- was okay. I played well in some of the games, 
but the second half was just brilliant bang remember banger away mm-hmm. we were yeah, three one yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. that just kick-started everything and i was just flying after that and um, but the awards night to go back to do you remember you come in gareth and what you said to me i hope you got your speech ready i hope you have your speech ready <laughs> As i didn't coming into that i didn't think i yeah. you're half thinking of player of the year but you're not yeah, really yeah. you know and when you said that i started getting nervous I just, <laughs> right to make a speech if, like, I, if i get player i hope i don't get player of the year i don't want to make a speech it's basically like how nervous you've been for since tuesday night since i asked you to come on the podcast it was exactly in the last couple of but i mean i suppose i like i i remember i do remember saying that day that night and i was thinking going because you know there are certain players in, in our squad you know some who may have left some who are probably still here and shall remain nameless who would be like yeah i'm player of the season of course like you know I'm, I'm the man here and you don't strike me as one of those sort of people that you know walking about with your shoulders back in your chest out going I'm, I'm i'm the boy so i was sort of like i don't think he realizes how good he's been this season and everybody was like has to be kevin mccarthy yeah. and i sort of I, I actually i knew you'd won at least one of them um, because I'd seen the awards, but I didn't know all the rest of them. And when you got a clean sweep, it was just like there was wasn't one person was going. Eh, yeah, we're that to somebody else. You know, it was a clean sweep for a reason. You don't yeah. clean sweep the awards without yeah. deserving it. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. and I remember you almost being slightly embarrassed by that standing up with about four or five trophies sitting in front of you and getting your photo taken. You, know, <laughs> you, you didn't seem somebody who was overly comfortable with that. But your, your your fourteen speeches that night were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of, uh, I suppose, look forward briefly to. We'll come back to your your career. I suppose in a wee minute. You touched on there. You know, we've we've eight games left. Um, we're in the middle of this sort of run of fixtures. Um, where you know, see, with luck all on Saturday, Derby Tuesday night, Ards this Saturday, Derby again next Wednesday night, and then Portadown, which, you know, it doesn't really matter whether we're we're out of a promotion hunt or not. Um, you know, away to Portadown is is a huge a huge fixture. Um. How do we sort of, you know, given now that I suppose the, the, the memories, even though it's only a few days later, the memories of that lock, all the feet and the performance and everything that surrounded it are probably banished now after Tuesday night. But is it important to sort of keep that in the back of your mind to go, right, well, let's not do this again. We have three big games coming up and then another five after the yeah, split. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it It's easy to get it maybe a wee bit ahead of yourself as well. Um, so what we'd be doing is looking to ours on Saturday, you get a win and suddenly you're building a bit of momentum you have two in a row you know mm. but football strangely I, as you said you, you, as a group we probably need to keep in the back of our minds we were we were doing well up until the lock goal game yeah. you know Dunella was a blip in the road and it was still a point earned yeah. um, not what we want we wanted the three points but if for talk's sake we went and beat Ards you need to keep in the back of your mind remember what happened lock all at home so you need to each game take it one, uh, one game at a time yeah it's a cliche, but it's a Exclu- cliche for a reason. I don't like cliches, but yeah. it, it is, you yeah. know, and football's full of them, but they're all true. So, Kevin, you've got quite a, an illustrious career. Um, long before you came to Newry, you have got some big teams on there. Tell us just a little bit about your history in football and who you've played for yeah. and kind of your career path up to signing for the club. I uh, started at a Glenmuir, a local club in Dundalk, when I was seven or eight. Played with Glenmuir up until under 14s. With Glenmuir, you represent the Dundalk Schoolboys League. So you go to the competitions, the Foil Cup, Milk Cup with them and under 14s we went to the Milk Cup and that's where we had a really, really good tournament. We beat, we drew with Birmingham, we beat uh, a team called the Kaiser Chiefs who were... Oh, South, South Africa? South Africa, yeah. by far and away the best team. Crap band. <laughs> 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 I don't think any of them were playing that day. No wonder it was so easy. By far and away the best team I've ever played against. Okay. And we were turning up after five minutes, um, two balls into the box two headers and I thought we were going to steamroll them mm. and they absolutely played the ball around us the whole match we ended up winning 2-1 quarterfinals beat Everton 2-0 or 2-1 semi-finals we were put out by Racing Club and they won it but 
after that we all were noticed you know mm-hmm. such and at the time uh, I ended up signing with Shelburne in Dublin and they the week I signed I think uh, very close anyway we they played Deportivo in the Champions oh, League yes, so we're yes, going up to Lansdowne Road yeah, to wow. watch it and you're just sitting there Wes Hoolan and Joey and Doe running the show yeah. you know and it was brilliant it was buzzed that club was Shelburne was the club yeah, at the time oh, you know yeah. um, so played uh, signed with Shelburne under 15s uh, started going across water for trials and that um, nothing ever materialised I went to, I was over at Middlesbrough uh, Celtic but Stoke was where I I played really good stuff I felt I played well and mm-hmm. they asked me back and second trial uh, in February the midterm you always went over in the midterm played really well again mm-hmm. and I remember at the end of the week there was say six or seven of us in the dressing room you were called into a room and told if you were getting a contract and I just thought I, I had a really good week mm-hmm. and I went in and, and they just said to me look at, you've done well but we're not going to offer you and we have the Welsh right back here because I was actually playing right back over there mm-hmm. and uh, <coughs> I went back to the dressing room and the lad said well what did you get I said what do you mean what contract did you get I said I didn't get anything and they just went, they are joking me. Because they w- were with me in Dublin, mm-hmm. they knew. Mm-hmm. They, I, I, I knew, not that I knew after that, but I was really disappointed. But played with Shelburne for another three years. Ended up breaking. I broke my medal's tarsal uh, with Shelburne. Off, didn't play for about six weeks. Probably come back too early. Mm-hmm. And I ended up signing with Dundalk then in the January. Broke my medal's tarsal again very soon after. And finally, rested that in a cast. Broke it a third time. About probably about six months later and what age are you at this point I would have been 19 at this point yeah I broke it six months later roughly that was three times in 25, le- 25 years ago too <laughs> 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 what calculator are you using <laughs> um, so that was a massive blow and went up and got I ended up having surgery on it uh, there was a pin put in to hold the bone together mm-hmm. and what happened was I went back to the specialist up and down the road every few weeks the bone the pin was restricting the growth of the bone so we had to do a second operation he took a skin graft from my hip and he, a lump of skin and, and grafted it in or sorry lump of bone and grafted it in and that from that it was all good but what happened then was i hadn't played regularly in maybe the got to two years so mm. i went back playing my foot was okay the rest of my body was just i, I picked up injury after injury yeah. and you know nothing yeah. was really right uh up and down the road to the specialists every four or six weeks trying to get get sorted and I remember at the end I was a good two years trying to get sorted and um, the specialist said to me what do you think of cycling it was his way of saying you probably need to just give it up you know your your body can't take it Um, ended up he referred me on to a, a, I, I can't remember his title but it was basically a, a, a guy who dealt with um, arthritis mm-hmm. and he'd done a few scans of me and said I'm going to recommend this uh, drug called Embril and I took that, a, a lady came out to the house, a, a local nurse, and sit, took a shot in Embril. After two to three weeks, I was back playing football. Not a problem. After one year, I came off the Embril um, and haven't had any r- major trouble since. Yeah. So, I mean, just before we get on to how you, your moves in your E came about, I mean, just a couple of things I'd like to touch on if I could. That disappointment at Stoke City um, as a young lad, you know, especially... You know when you're you've enough sort of cop on to, to go well you know i've done reasonably well here you know mm. you and, and the, your fellow players that are over of the same age can't understand why you haven't been offered a deal i mean how difficult is that it's something that you know like whatever it is is not point not three percent or something that people look over for trials end up making it and making a career in, at the highest level what was your feeling at that time and how difficult is it for or was it for you at that age you know not not to get through it it to be honest with you, you're you're 15. You're playing football. 
you're at school, you, you probably have no major worries. So I was probably oblivious to what, if it happened now, you'd be more aware. Yeah. You know, um, back then you just, I just went back playing with Shelburne. So to be honest with you, well, it wasn't a major setback. I had been included in some of the Republic of Ireland squads mm-hmm. at that time. So yeah. I, at the back of my mind, I probably knew there was loads more chances there. Of course, you're disappointed. I was devastated. I was devastated because I thought I'd played well. Yeah. If I didn't play well, I'd say, well, I, I didn't play well. I don't deserve it. But I had been included in some of the Republic of Ireland squads. So I probably thought there's more chances yeah. going to come up along the line. Um, so I think you're I was probably a little bit young to understand the full Fair situation. Enough. And then just on about your, your injuries, you know, when you when you went through sort of that spell of of breaking your metatarsal, you know, three times and being in the cast and sort of, you know, getting to the stage where there's a specialist saying, you know, in so many words, you should forget about football. I mean, that's another big, not, not necessarily a setback because, you know, you, you've progressed in that and it hasn't sort of, you know, it hasn't st- stunted your sort of growth in, 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 that, in football in terms since um but i mean what was what was going through your mind whenever the specialist says you know have you ever thought of cycling i mean that must have been tough that was really 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 tough that was a, a really bad time in, in my life um i was really really down was uh, i don't think i was ever depressed i always thought it mm-hmm. was uh, you know so a better day gonna come of course but it's really really down i i remember sitting at home one day and um we were watching football and adam rooney I yeah. scored a hat-trick for Stoke yeah. and I played up through the years with Adam Rooney and uh, I think this was a little bit later on he had just gone to his club in Scotland but he was playing on the telly and I said to oh, I, I played with Adam Rooney and Colm says does it not a, does it annoy you a wee bit that he's in the telly yeah. and, and you're not you know no, he wasn't having to go with me yeah. or, and uh, I said it doesn't at all I'm, I'm happy for him to be on telly yeah. what annoys me is I can't even go for a run in our local park or I can't yeah. play football because I'm I'm injured yeah. you know so it wasn't a case of I, I was annoyed because there was people in Italian there was no I, jealousy I, around. no it wasn't yeah, a case yeah. that it was I wanted to just go for a run I wanted to get out of the house and I couldn't my body it felt like my body had just shut down mm-hmm. yeah so I mean, I mean from that perspective I mean I suppose it's the one thing that you know a footballer can't really control or, or, or injuries injuries happen I mean it's just I suppose the, the repetitiveness of the injuries but I mean looking at you know how to Moving on to Newry, I mean, how did the move to Newry come about? Um, because you sort of seem to come out of the, come out of the blue. Old <laughs> Is it, I don't think anyone actually knows this, but I actually um, I rang Robbie Casey. Right. Uh, we I was working so I, I worked with the brothers of Cormac. Would have been played here for a few years. Oh, and, yes, uh, yes, we yes. were talking away. I was playing local football with Ross Celtic. Of course, you just sorry, just a reference at Cormac Corn- McCardle. Yeah. Your your brother, brother. that played, that played okay. here back in about what 2010 maybe no earlier before that, that yeah before 2006 that, yeah. was it yeah, yeah he sort of left yeah. left under back. Jerry Flynn yeah left back left yeah. winger yeah. sort of thing yeah, yeah. so just just for, for my, reference my, my older less talented brother <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope you're listening to this it'd be good to hear from you uh, yeah so so you contacted but, uh, Robbie yeah we we were working and we were I played Rock Celtic and things weren't going well nobody was training results weren't great and he says how's football going I says ah it's not great I'm thinking of giving it up I, I couldn't be I put everything into football mm. and I felt other people weren't and he said why don't you go down to Newry I said I, I don't know anyone who mm. do you ring and he said ring Robbie Casey because he knew Robbie well yes. and uh, I had no number for Robbie so who's <laughs> so I rang I got hold of a number and rang and rang spoke to Robbie and Robbie said yeah yeah we'll have you down surely um, he said they're in there was a cup final around Christmas time, Premier Cup. Yeah, Premier or, Cup final, the twenty yeah. seventh of December, what was it, 2015, 16 or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he says, look at let the boys they're going to train for that, and then come down the week after. Uh-huh. I said, yeah, perfect. So I actually went down to the Premier Cup final because you're interested in the club. Course, I, yeah. I was on the website, seeing the fixture, yeah. 
And my only re- uh, thing I remember for NACA final was Molly Celebration. A lot of people remember Molly Celebrations. <laughs> Did you go, that's a man I want to play with? Who's <laughs> this fellow up on? Oh, that's some celebration. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Kev, obviously your brother was down in your eight, kind of like, you know, probably the Premiership at the time, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're the Premiership playing at the highest level. You join the club and they're the Premier Intermediate. Um, you know, you're joining a club that's kind of, well, it wasn't the doldrums was coming out of that. There's there, a bit of there were intermediate A, intermediate A yeah. at the time. So you're joining the club at that point. What, like, what's in your mind? Do you think it's a step back, or are you looking at it as a challenge, as to try to get the club back to where they were? I, yeah, I looked at it as a. I don't know whether it's a step forward. It wasn't a step back. Definitely, I wouldn't. I don't think I would have went if I thought it was a step back. But the situation I was in was we were getting four and six of training. So yeah. anything more than that, we you know was a, was a step up. And but as soon as you come down, you see there's numbers training. Obviously, um, the facilities. It was I was taken in. I was it nearly like I was addicted. I couldn't leave. I couldn't not sign. John sort of way. But the first training session, I Robbie was on to me. I text him that day, um, and he says, "Look, I'll meet you at the five ways. They train up in Abbey. Is it Abbey Grammar? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, bring your boots. Be ready to go. Yeah, yeah no problem. So." looking forward a wee bit nervous you know what if they don't like me what if I don't play well all them questions go through your mind and I'm in work it's 10 o'clock in the morning I go to lift the box and I pull something in my back I'm gone no my back's out I I couldn't move and I'm thinking how I have to train tonight at 8 o'clock for a new club and impress no forget that I said so I'm writing out a text to Robbie Robbie thanks very much for the chance I'm not going to play this you know I'm not going to come down Uh my back was out yeah I don't know. I don't like you're not going to come down for training, or you're not going to go down full stop. Full stop. Just so don't avoid the embarrassment. I thought. Right. Don't, go, don't don't go down injured. <laughs> so I'm there. I can't walk. You say it holds back. <laughs> what do you think of this fella yeah. hobbling in through the gate? And then you saw Molly, and you thought I'll be all right. <laughs> so uh, I says, no, no, just go down. Go through the pain. Don't. It'll be grand. Don't forget about it. Just go down and train. Get it over. Did you say anything? I didn't know. I didn't know. I, didn't know. I, I the text wrote out. Don't send that. I said no. Put it down. So I went down anyway. By two o'clock that day, the back had loosened out a little bit. It was still sore. Um, I remember Dad coming through the door at work, and I was going to say, I says, don't even tell anyone your back's sore. Don't just say nothing. Um, jumped into Robbie's car that night, uh, dropped me up. It was a little bit sore, but I remember <laughs> I walked down with Aaron, met Aaron, walked down to the pitch with him. Uh, Jimmy Walker was probably the only one I know. He was straight over, brilliant, talking away, settled me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I remember we were doing this warm up that was just straight line running, and I was my back was in it. I couldn't feel me. You know, it was really really sore. And I just kept hobbling through. Now after ten minutes, it was warmed up. It was grand, out of bother. And even the next day, it was grand. But I remember thinking I was very close. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking actually at the wards night, the following season. Yeah. I was so close to sending a text saying, look at, thanks for the opportunity, I'm not going to come down. And then you did your back that night carrying your trophies. (laughs) (laughs) And look at this way, I circle. if you had said that text, you wouldn't be sitting here now recording this podcast. I feel like I've made it on the podcast. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? There we go. Things things happen for a reason, you know what I mean? So Kevin, we've got a few questions from some of our listeners lined up for you, which Ali's going to put to you. Now, honest answers, and uh, don't be afraid to stick the boot under somebody. So, yeah, Kev, we, we've had a few here, mostly from the Hillen household this week. Oh. Um, there's three, obviously, representatives there, so we have three different questions from them. And um, The first one is, um, who does he think he gets along with best in the squad? Oh, good question. Um, that means nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sit in the corner on my own. You've seen the look on his face, I actually feel sorry for him when he said that. It's, um, it's a funny one, because 
in competition for the place in a way right back but engine I'd get on well with engine mm-hmm. but to be honest with you you get on well with everybody but they sit beside engine um, but yeah you get on well with him is that just due to the fact that he's pro- you're probably on the same level of intelligence as in in compa- you know like that, I hope you're talking that, that, about was, that, 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 that was that was a compliment because a lot of the boys would be sort of you know like a foot from the floor and you'd be a lot higher up would that be fair to say he's can actually you can actually hold a conversation <laughs> don't be right there yeah. um, is there anyone Kevin would pick from the underage teams that he sees as a future talent which is good when, in, in a week where we've seen some young fellas break through. To be honest with you, when we train with young fellas, I'm trying to pick up names. They're all running around. I'm like, which one's that? <laughs> mm, yeah. But yeah, there's, there is a few, but you you need to see them in games as well. You know, they, they, We've trained with them a lot lately in the cages at the front, mm-hmm. but it's totally different when you're in the game situation. Hopefully there is. It's great, great when there's um, young players coming through. Um, Jerry says, do you like being called the Dundalk Cafu? I love it. <laughs> really? Yeah, love it. I love a nickname. We is that only, is that only something that has materialised since you came here? Yeah. Yeah. I've never been called cafe in my life before I came here. <laughs> it's called a, a lot of names. Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another one, just one from Jerry here. He says, "We notice that you stay behind after training to practice your free kicks. How beneficial do you find that?" And just for anybody who doesn't know, you have scored a few belters this year, haven't mm. you? They haven't been working lately. Um, and you no, scored one Tuesday. Ah uh, well, yeah. In, oh yeah, indirectly. indirect. Yeah, you scored yeah. one against actually Rafraelin. I think in pre yeah, pre-season. pre-season friendly. No, the keeper. We we'll, um, we'll keep it was a tube, but we'll, but but leave it at that. Yeah, for a cup of tea and <laughs> it was still right. It was still right in the stanchion. I think you know, from top top left stanchion. He missed it with his with his hand or something. Wasn't he? I was, so, uh, listen, the guy was probably about as fat as me, like you know what I mean. So you know, he, I wouldn't expect to expect him to get it. But it was more a, a good to give you the credit. I'll take that. It was it was pinpoint top top corner. I mean, is that something? Is it something you work on regularly? Uh, it's funny because I'm number one. I'm working on free kicks for the game for a Saturday game. Mm-hmm. But number two, it, it helps clear my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to when I was younger, uh, maybe eleven, ten, eleven, twelve. We've our home house. There's a, a big enough back garden. My dad got goals, set up goals. Uh, you want footballs? He'd bring ten, he'd buy ten footballs and bring them out. And we, every day we'd be out practicing free kicks. He built a wall. He carved it so that it looked like people. And he'd, he'd be like, "You want to practice free kicks?" And I, I, his thinking was, "There's ten footballs. If I'd hit ten, ten goals, so a hundred free kicks, and he'd kick everyone back to me." Mm-hmm. And his thoughts were, you know, he'd never say this to you. He, he'd be psychological, but. 100 free kicks a day 700 free kicks a week you're better than everybody else mm-hmm. so when mm-hmm. I was 12 and 13 I could ping a free kick no problem um, and as I got older I practiced more and you're going to train you're practicing bigger goals mm-hmm. so when I was younger I I was always probably a free kick taker um, so now I haven't done it in years and it's it's only this season I've actually gone back out in the back fetch and after and it's great because as I say to you, number one, you're, you're practicing your free kicks for the weekend, but yeah. number two, it's only bring you back to that 15 year old that could strike yeah, a ball yeah. anywhere. You love the game, that, that, well, yeah. that's it. It's, it's probably sounds a bit strange, but you get to the point where you have to do what makes you feel like that 15 year old mm-hmm. game because that's mm-hmm. probably when you're playing. When I played my best football, it was only 15, 16, you know. Um, so it's sort of to get back to that as well. You know, it's yeah. good to hear that as well, I think, at this level because a lot of people probably think, you know compared to sitting at home watching the Premier League down here might not be that level but to see the players are putting in that meticulous detail and attention on the back pitches when no one's watching like literally when no one's watching it's nice to see that and I, you, that you care enough just, to just a side note I hate when people not I hate when people watch but I prefer I like when everyone goes away I don't start my free kicks till the, till 
the team are kind of gone. I don't think anyone's ever noticed. But in case you shank a few, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, it's it's in case you put them top corner and they're expect on a Saturday. They're like, why can't you do it on a Saturday? <laughs> so uh, if Willie Young and Sean Gaffney are wondering where all all the balls have gone to, they're all sitting in the sewage works <laughs> behind the golden back pitch in the garden in the dog. There's, there's a few caught in the top corner. Gaff actually on the on a side note, Gaff is like turning off the lights on me you know get, get out closing the game <laughs> start practicing them for games. that sounds like gaff um so okay the past few weeks what we've done is we've asked the, the the people that we've had on questions about their teammates um we've kind of reformatted that formatted that into what we're calling five aside so you're going to pick a five aside team based on five traits within your changing room okay so yep. you could tell us who and why and i'll ask you the questions here so if you had to pick someone with the best brains in your five aside who would it be Probably engine, yeah. I thought you were going to pick yourself there. It was well, 50, I, I thought you can't pick yourself. Well, you can put yourself in your five percent. <laughs> no, it's still put engine in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you've you've lost one of the best traits here. Um, and why? why? Oh, oh, so I have to be in this. All right, I can be you, in you it. You can be in it. Right? If you want, yep. Is there most skillful or anything like that? Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so what? What was what? What next engine? The the, the what was the question? Yes, the mo- the the brainiest the, person. Mo- yeah. uh, it's just a case of he he comes across as he thinks about everything before he talks. Some people, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes you've said something and you're like, oh, I can't believe I just said that. Whereas yeah. he, he, t- he think about what he's saying. He's a teacher. Yeah. He just comes across as that sort of confident and, and knows what he's talking about. So I think it'd be quite a lot of people in our change room wouldn't really think before they open their mouths. No, would they? definitely not. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the most skillful. Most skillful as well. Sure, there's my spots. We don't knock Cafu straight in. We don't even need a wider. No, no, no. Everybody knows. Yeah. Did the you see me? No. <laughs> no, no. We'll, we'll run through your greatest moments. That'll be a separate podcast. <laughs> uh, the best of pep talks. The uh, best of pep talks. Player-wise. Uh, probably, to be honest with you, Decky Carvel. Um Because I don't listen to him in the change room. So when we're out on the pitch, you have to listen to him. No, he's good. He gets, in fairness, he gets you going. Um, when you're on the pitch... He, the one thing is he lets you know when you're not good enough mm-hmm. which is you need mm-hmm. you know to, as you go up the levels um, you find that people are probably giving out to each other more it's not it's not to get in people's backs it's because you demand a higher level mm-hmm. of, um, of of good football so when people aren't doing it you get in their back and it's not to get in their back you, you want them to do better but yeah I would listen to him on, on the pitch but in dress room I wouldn't know <laughs> yeah. um, so now we're going to start digging the dirt the best excuse for not turning up at training Um I, I, there's nothing on top on coming straight to my head except a few weeks ago Conor McCall <laughs> what, what, what a shock <laughs> we, 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 we had a friendly I think on, on the Saturday now I had to work we played in the thir- we played Ballyclare on the Tuesday or Wednesday midweek mm-hmm. right okay yeah. and we had a friendly lined up for Saturday because we had no league game New Year's would have been close to New oh Year's. yeah the, it was the Boxing Day game Ballyclare and then yeah, yeah following uh, Saturday I had to work, so I actually missed it. But I texted and he said, "Yeah, no problem." And I on the following Tuesday, I said to him, "Call, where are we on Saturday?" And he just turned and he goes, "What day was that?" <laughs> oh no! What the I, oh. I, I said, "Where were you on Saturday?" <laughs> what day was that? <laughs> and there you have it, folks. Yeah, yeah, that takes us back to the most brainy then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the final person in your five side team is the best at passing the buck. Husey. Oh, oh nothing's ever Hughes's fault. It's brilliant. He just if if um if he's late, there was a there was an excuse. Yeah. Um, if the ball came across and he missed it, I took a bobble. <laughs> uh, whatever, there's there's always something there. He's always fighting his own corner, but it's the same on the pitch. You notice he's always fighting his battle. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. brilliant on the pitch. Yeah. He'll, he'll he's up and down. He's always rowing with the marker. He's never far from. Do you know sometimes you see maybe a winger and he's 
for most of the game he's up to his man and he might lose him mm-hmm. you, watch you he never loses his man I have to say that's this is probably one of the most uh, one of the most astute answers we've ever had to any of our questions in the podcast. Simply because he went straight in and slagged off the captain, <laughs> yeah. and then and then and then just turned it round to go well made him a compliment <laughs> because he's always, he's always battling those markers. So that, that, that's I, clever. I, like I, that's I, I like Husey the way I get on well with Husey. He well, is. He's a, everybody he's likes Husey. The, the big massive yap. <laughs> <laughs> everybody loves Husey. We, just, do, we all love you. Just when you said that, Kev, actually, uh, Gareth, you've got evidence to this, but when he misses penalty at uh, Dungallon he said that he played a 1-2 with the keeper he said yeah. I, I heard that straight away yeah. not in a million years um, just one one last thing if, if I can ask now we're not it's not topical on this podcast um, obviously we'll not delve into too much detail but we've got this whole coronavirus thing going on at the moment um, you know what's being talked about everywhere and obviously down south they've shut down all sort of the League of Ireland and you know huge gatherings and stuff Um you know, we would obviously, if there were shut down gatherings of under five hundred people, we we would probably have to shut our games down. Warren Point would be bloody grand each, each, each week. Um, sorry, Warren Point fans, it's been a running joke. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, uh, you know, I suppose it's getting, I suppose, more serious by, and we don't really know what what the crack is with it. But from uh, over the last couple of weeks, since it's become more prevalent around, you know, sporting <coughs> people, um. How do you, how does, does it change a footballer's approach? Does it change your approach going to match? Say for, say for example, on Tuesday night, like I, I got to the ground, Tucker was the last one off in the warm up, and I usually give boys a high five, you know, and Tucker ran past me with his hands behind his back laughing. And I was like, Tucker, you're kind of contact sport, you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, in terms was of. Is that because of the coronavirus? Or is that well, just Tucker, that, wasn't, Tucker wasn't in good form? Uh, well, a combination of both. <laughs> Tucker, you know, Tucker, he's just weird. He just had that silly wee. <laughs> giggle as well. Um, but I mean, does it affect. Does it. Come into your thinking, get into that match, or do you think it will maybe going f- going forward? Well, maybe for for shaking hands, um, and to be like for talk's sake, if somebody left a boot in you and it helped you up off the ground, you're not going to do that now. But mm. I mean, we're still turning up to a dressing room full of people. We're still going on to a pitch full of twenty-two players. Yeah, there's still spectators on the sideline. So I'm if the game goes ahead Saturday, which it will, I'm yeah. not going to not turn up because of that. You yeah. know, you're still yeah. going to go. So in that regard, it doesn't. But yeah, you're, you don't. We don't do the handshake anymore. Yeah, little things have, like that have have changed. But apart from that, no. Do you think Conor McCall might use it as an excuse to, as an excuse not to turn up? Could do that. Could change the, <laughs> the answer from earlier to a different <laughs> excuse. Uh, Kevin, I think that wraps us up for this week. Uh, you've been a brilliant guest, um, and I'm sure you know everybody will love love listening to you. And um, we've got a great insight into your career, and you know how you've got to where you are to be in. Uh, you know, obviously one of our. Uh, Star players, we'll, we'll get you into star Be- players. <laughs> becoming the Dundalk Cafu. Yeah, it's been great to hear, Kevin. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks for having me on, lads. Folks, that's us for this week. So I'll just run through mm-hmm. those contact details uh, of our social media. Twitter is at Shedn Podcast, capital S, capital E, capital P. Facebook's Shedn View Podcast. Or if you want to contact us by email, it's Shedn at hotmail.com. We'd just like to give a thank you to Tojo Audio and Yuri for supplying the recording equipment for tonight's show. 